For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Fade Me. And thank you for joining us as always. Well, it's almost done. Yes, just one game left on the docket. That's New Mexico plus the three against Utah State. It doesn't look good right now, but if we rally, we'll have a two and two day. If we lose that one, we'll go one and three. I'll update all the official results in the show notes. But let's recap the card for what we do know about Thursday. And a couple teams that I really like disappointed me. Number one, Baylor minus the four and a half against Iowa State. And how about this number? Iowa State had 21 offensive rebounds. Baylor had 17 rebounds for the game. Yes, the Cyclones out-rebounded the Bears 44-17 to for the game. That's a crazy stat. That'll keep Scott Drew up tonight. I should have listened to Noah in Florida. He told me not to do it, but I did it, and I paid the price back in Baylor. Then my fight in the line, I have Illinois. They've been so good to me all season, but Penn State did a nice job offensively. They did a nice job defensively. Illinois just didn't have enough. I hope they can get things corrected next week for the NC2A tournament because, unfortunately, they lost for me on Thursday. We did cash on Virginia, minus the one against North Carolina. Outstanding performance by the Cavalier defense. It looks like the heels will be on the outside of the NCAA tournament looking in. Then, once again, we have the New Mexico play still pending. On Twitter, you fell for Baylor just like I did, unfortunately. So we backed the Bears times two and lost that as well. So more than likely, if New Mexico fails to cover, we'll have a losing day, lose $40. If they rally and push, we'll lose $20. If they rally and cover, we'll break even for the day. Then our first half unders, yes, it was a big day for me. 57 units in action once again. I went 35-21-1 and on Thursday. And now I am 137, 104 with 36 games on the card for Friday as conference tournament play starts to wind down. Yes, only 64 conference tournament games to go in calendar year 2023. Then a quick housekeeping item, and this is to my most important listener out there. Yes, happy anniversary to my wonderful wife, Nicole. Many, many, many years ago, we had our destination wedding in Ocho Rios, Jamaica on this day. So happy anniversary. And you know what? For old time's sake, I will watch some Sex in the City with you Friday night instead of the Big East, at least in between games anyway. So in the words of Jerry Maguire, you complete me. And thank you for listening to the podcast. So now let's get to the card for Friday. And we start in the Big Ten in Chicago. It is Indiana plus the one over Maryland. So both teams appear evenly matched on paper. Maryland was unbelievable at home this season, going 16-1. and but They were just 5-10 and away from home. The Terps beat Indiana by 11 this year in their only meeting, with both teams actually shooting under 38% for the game and the under cashing by 18.5 points. Keep that in mind. I would lean to the over in this one. Maryland is 8-9 and versus top 50 teams. Indiana, 11-10. and 
I trust Indiana scoring a bit more. They have the best player with Jackson Davis. They have the revenge angle, and they have more upside, in my opinion. And I'm actually getting a point here. So give me the Hoosiers in the crazy Big Ten, plus the one over Maryland. Next up, we go to the SEC in Nashville. It's Kentucky, minus the five and a half over Vanderbilt. So these two programs were separated by just a game in the conference. Vanderbilt upset Kentucky by two as a nine and a half point dog in the home finale for the Wildcats. Kentucky just shot 32.2% from the field in that game. Kentucky won the first meeting, though, by 16 when the Commodores shot just 32.7% from the field. Kentucky is 7-6 against top 50 teams this season. Vanderbilt is 5-8. Vanderbilt has significantly improved during the course of the season. Recent form numbers are actually now in the top 50 in the country after winning nine of the last 10 basketball games, including wins over tournament teams, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. I don't really have a pulse on Kentucky this year, but they've won five out of six, and they appear to be rounding into form to actually overachieve this year in the month of March. I'm taking Calipari and the Wildcats, minus the five and a half over Vanderbilt. Next up, we go to the ACC in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm going to back Miami, plus the three over the Dukies. So Duke appears to be clicking at the right time. Winners of seven consecutive basketball games, including a complete destruction of Pittsburgh yesterday by the final score of 96-69. to Duke won the first meeting, 68-66. Miami won the rematch, 81-59. Duke is now the highest-ranked team in the ACC on my charts. This game is close to home, but Miami is 7-3 against top 50 teams. They have four scorers averaging over 13 points per game, so they're balanced. They average almost 80 points per game on offense. They shoot over 48% from the field. The Hurricanes made a run last March, and most of my friend base has circled them yet again this year to make a deep run. The last three for the Canes, though, have been underwhelming. They had a one-point loss to Florida State, a two-point win over Pittsburgh, and a two-point win over Wake Forest to open this tournament. I do expect much better today. The sleepwalking is done. Miami was the better team away from home this season, so give me the Canes plus the three over Duke. Then the final game on the card for you is in the Big East at the Garden in New York. It's Xavier plus the three and a half over Creighton. So DePaul gave Xavier a scare on Thursday night before the Musketeers rallied from 13 down to win by five. Creighton is good, but I don't see them hitting 61% from the field like DePaul did last night. You don't hear me say that often about the Blue Demons. Meanwhile, Creighton eliminated surging Villanova by 13 after leading at one point by 20, a very impressive performance for the Jays. Creighton shot 50% from the field and hit 19 of 22 at the line. It was an excellent all-around performance for Coach Mack's team. Xavier won the first meeting this year by three, Creighton won the next meeting by 17. The Blue Jays' recent form numbers are much better. They've had injuries this year, but Xavier has the better record against top 25 and top 50 teams. I expect a much better defensive effort tonight from the Musketeers. So give me Xavier plus the three and a half over Creighton. So let's recap your card for a Friday. In the Big Ten, I'm on Indiana plus the one over Maryland. In the SEC, I'm on Kentucky, minus the five and a half over Vanderbilt. 
In the ACC, I'm on Miami plus the three over Duke. And in the Big East, I'm on Xavier plus the three and a half over Creighton. So that's your card for Friday. As always, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun. And let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone.